Good afternoon, I'm Jordan Peoples, and Marvel sucks. I'm Cade Weiberg, and it still doesn't. Welcome to episode two of our Eminence Front era. We are uh, <laughs> reviewing none other than uh, the first return to form summer blockbuster started by the MCU in two years, I want to say, because we didn't have one in 2020, and we had Black Widow push back to July, I think, of last summer, if I'm not mistaken. You know, just uh, a quick note on Black Widow, and I think I've said this before, but yeah. every time I think back to that movie, it gets a little bit worse. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of... All right, so we're talking about Doctor Strange today, and yes. just to set the stage, I watched this movie Tuesday night with a whole bunch of staff uh, at the theater, and I was so in love with this movie, and most people... Most of my uh, theater co-workers are, you know, more into A24 movies. Everyone likes a little something different. Most right. everyone enjoys the Marvel movies, but they don't love them as much as me. Right. So, like, No Way Home was obviously a slam dunk with pretty much 80% of them. Mm -hmm. And then there were the contrarians who were like, ah, it's not as good as, you know, Raimi, Spider-Man 2, etc. Uh, but then movies like Eternals and Shang-Chi, they were just like, yeah, this is fine, but, you know, like, we don't... It's it, I'm seeing it for free that's why i'm watching it kind of deal right um this with the staff was almost all positive everybody loved this movie and then three days later it came out and we had i don't know if we had any walkouts but there were definitely a whole bunch of people who were like i don't know about that one i was expecting more of an mcu film and i got a Raimi movie. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, so after I, after the movie, while the credits were rolling, I looked up the Rotten Tomato score because I hadn't seen it. Yeah. And I was actually surprised to see that it was a 75. Not because I yeah. disliked it. I quite liked it, but I, uh, <laughs> I expected it to be... Like, I could see how a lot of people would have lost the plot during that and just, yeah. like, turned off. And yes. so I was interested that it still had a 75. Though I'm wondering what the actual reviews that make up that 75 are, like if they're lower in general. A lot of complaints were so trivial and just like... Oh, absolutely. When I was I was reading some <laughs> IMDb reviews, which is always yeah. a bad move. Yes, and not man, smart. Those were just like, like so many people complaining that the movie was too woke. And it's like, yeah. the, there was just like <laughs> lesbian moms was the only thing. Yeah. And also, it's a movie about infinite possibilities in a multiverse, and they're like, lesbians? That's possible in a multiverse? Stop pushing your agenda, Marvel. Like, what that the is, hell? That, yeah, they were just complaining about America Chavez. They're like, they're just intentionally shoving this. And I don't know, I didn't really know anything about America Chavez going into this movie. I know her powers. I don't know anything yeah. about her lore. So I assumed... When everyone, I read those early reviews and everyone's complaining about an LGBTQ character, I'm like, oh, well, I guess maybe she has a girlfriend in this movie. It's not even her. It's her no. mothers that disappear immediately as soon as they are met. I still don't like, know how these people survive in 2022. <laughs> like, I, they don't on the internet. That yeah. is how they thrive. They're like, the world isn't my place anymore. At least I can stay in my basement, eat my Cheetos, and fucking go to IMDb and IGN and rate things my way. Yeah. Well, they're doing all of us a favor. So I applaud them for hiding themselves and secluding <laughs> themselves in the darkness. <laughs> I just can't understand. And I'm excited that you liked it. I almost, part of me slightly wanted... 
to uh, for you to dislike it just because I had a lot of arguments ready to defend this movie. But it sounds like I won't even need them. Yeah. So I just to give some background of what I've been watching recently. Please. So I did start Moon Knight, which. Uh, I got, I did, watched the first two episodes, then I tried to start the third episode, and I was okay. like, I really don't care what's happening, <laughs> which okay. isn't a good sign so far in Moon Knight. I, fair enough. Uh, I mean, we will have our Moon Knight review episode. I, the last, so also, I watched Doctor Strange, uh, left the theater at 2.30, and then got home around 3, and I was like, oh, Moon Knight's on, I'm just gonna watch this. So I was up till 4 a.m. watching the last episode of Moon Knight, and I had so much adrenaline from Doctor Strange, and so much of my mind was focused on that, and then I just, Moon Knight did not, the finale, I did not have enough brain energy to, like, focus on, which, it was entertaining, but... My biggest qualm with Moon Knight is that it is not really... It's it's the least tied into the MCU, and I get that they want to just kind of show Oscar Isaac off. And he does great in it. He's awesome. Uh, Maybe that like, starts after the first two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't... Are you not, like, entertained by Oscar Isaac being Oscar Isaac at this point? Not really. I don't know why this wasn't gripping me. Obviously, this is also... I'm in the middle of exams right now, so my mind sure. is a little bit split... A couple ways, yes. but that yep. certainly didn't stop me from enjoying Doctor Strange. So if it didn't yes. stop me there, I'm not sure why it would be stopping me from Moon Knight. It, I don't know, but we'll uh, we'll circle back and talk in more detail when when I finish it. Yes, for sure. Um, the only thing I think that would have benefited Moon Knight, and this isn't really a spoiler because you've seen the first two. Uh, in one of the first two episodes, there was supposed to be an intro with Eternals characters in it, where they were in ancient Egypt fighting alongside the ancient Egyptian gods that are mentioned in Moon Knight or fighting them at the time. I thought that would have been cool. It would have tied it into the universe, but um, there aren't really any, there are nods to the universe, but uh, there's no legacy characters like making cameos or anything, Mm -hmm. which I get because he's new and he's on a part of the world that really the Avengers haven't gotten to yet. London. Um, I really... You know, like, uh, I I get what they were going for, but so far it was my least favorite TV show, and we will uh, obviously get into that in more detail when we talk about Moon Knight. Yeah. Um, but uh, other life news before we dive right into Oh, wait, wait, I gotta talk about the other thing that I watched recently. Okay, well, talk about the other thing. Evil Dead 2. Okay, did you watch that before or after? Before. Um, oh, so, to get ready for Doctor Strange. Well, so I, really, I was just looking up, uh, like, I, uh, Ellie was visiting home for the weekend, and she's not a big horror fan, and I've kind of been, I haven't watched a lot of horror movies, yes. just in general, but I've, I've sure. been kind of watching some here or there, and uh, this was one that, of course, pops up, because it's, like, over the top and campy, which is my kind of horror. Which Doctor Strange very much is. Exactly. Well. So, but But watching that... The day before I went to go see this movie was such a good primer. Like, if anything, I felt for the first half of this movie, I was like, there almost isn't enough. I want more Raimi. And then the second half (laughs) kicked off, and I was like, oh, here he is. (laughs) He never left. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I definitely, oh man, like, I I wanted to watch all those other movies. I pre gamed by watching, uh, 
The Quick and the Dead, which is a 90s Raimi Western that he made. Oh. That was the only one I had access to that I hadn't seen that was streaming. Yeah. Um, I have not seen Evil Dead 2. I've, that was on my list. That was obviously not available, so I watched a Western. Oh, you which, haven't seen... Wait, you haven't seen Evil Dead 2? I have not seen Evil Dead 2. Okay, so on, do you know Bruce Campbell... Do you yeah. know who that is? He was yes, in, yeah. He's the star of Evil Dead 2, and he had yes. a cameo in this. Correct. Yes. Uh, Which so he, I, I, I was like, I you know, I, like, because I, I was telling Ellie about Evil Dead 2 before we went to the theater. Uh-huh. Um, and then I was talking to her about the scene where he fights his own hand in a kitchen, and he's like yes. constantly breaking plates over his head with yeah. his evil hand. And then he yeah. starts fighting himself with the mustard. And I, I leaned over to Ellie. I'm like, that's got to be Bruce Campbell. Because. <laughs> That is, this must be a cameo because he's doing the exact same bit. So I I knew he was going to be in it because if you recall, he has a cameo role in all three of the Raimi Spider-Mans playing a different character. See, I did not recall that. Did we talk about that in uh, we our episodes? We might have brought it up. In the first Spider-Man, he is the one who gives Spider-Man his name when he's about to fight Bonesaw. He's the ah, one who introduces okay. him. He says, because Tobey Maguire's like, my name's the man spider. He's like, God, that sucks. And then <laughs> he gives him Spider-Man. Uh, and then the second one, he is the uh, uh, theater usher who won't let him into MJ's play because he's late, because he's oh, fighting crime. Oh, that sounds kind of familiar. Like, uh, I definitely and then, remember that happening. And then Spider-Man 3, he is the server who uh, puts the ring and the champagne yeah. for... Toby's proposal. So he has a cameo role in pretty much all of Raimi's movies since Evil Dead. And I understood like him beating the shit out of himself. Like a lot of uh, the staff I watched with were very much Raimi fanatics. So right. they all loved the the cameo and the second post credit scene. They were they fucking adored that. Yeah. Now I was it was just so interesting to see that turn around so quickly because, you know, most people who've seen Evil Dead 2 probably did not see it the day before they saw Doctor Strange. <laughs> it was like you watching Blade Runner for the first time before you watched Blade Runner 2049. Like, immediately yes. before. Yes, No, driving to the theater. <laughs> yes, and finishing the movie yeah. on your phone. Most people do not do that. Good stuff. Um But, yes, I want to just go ahead and jump into the plot of Doctor Strange 2. I am very excited. Would you like to uh, do a brief segment of uh, either Law Corner or uh, I believe you have uh, other oh, important yes. life news Before we uh, jump that you might... Yeah, I'm uh, engaged to Ellie, who I've mentioned like three times in the last five years. Friend minutes. of the show and uh, been, appeared on the show before. Um, and now my fiancé. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, do you want to do a segment of Jordan's engagement corner? or And then obviously we'll do Jordan's wedding corner when we talk about wedding plans. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's not too much to talk about for the engagement. Uh, what'd you do? What'd you, how'd you, did you do it after Doctor Strange or during Doctor Strange? <laughs> no, I did it. It was uh, April 30th. Um, okay. And I had no plan to do it at all that day. Me and Ellie are actually going to the beach in like okay. five days. And but you planning, had the ring. I had the ring already. And, but I was planning to, to propose at the beach sometime. And uh, I, we, we went to dinner. We were coming back. We were like, uh, it was a place that you, I could walk to from my house. And so okay. we were walking back and talking about the future and life and all that kind of stuff. And then we got sure. back. We sat on my porch for a while. Um, we were talking about these things. And I was like, you know what? Wait right here. <laughs> I just went to get the ring just, and just proposed on a whim. Just did it on the spot, my man. Yeah. And uh, she I obviously said yes, and I'm sure she's uh, very excited to uh, 
join the Marvel Sucks family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's what she's most thrilled about. Yeah, I assume so. She's marrying into your, your dowry of all these uh, Marvel Sucks residuals. It, and uh, she is a big Marvel fan. As la- last night, now this is skipping way ahead, um, <laughs> but when, uh, I guess it was, so when they're meeting the Illuminati, Yes. I think it was when Professor X rolled out. Uh huh. She was. She did like this double point at the screen and let out like a ooh. <laughs> that was like everyone in the theater heard. <laughs> she couldn't help herself, but she was very oh, excited. That's so awesome. Yeah. You you truly end up. You know how they say, uh, uh, boys marry their mothers, girls marry their fathers. What really happens is. Uh, girls or boys <laughs> marry their podcast co-host. Yeah. yeah. No, that's what it is in 2022. <laughs> that was so hard. I had that joke immediately yeah. in my head and I'm like, how do I phrase this yeah. correctly? <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a labyrinth, but you made it through it. Well, uh, we are very proud of you here at the Marvel Sucks family. <laughs> uh, we're excited uh, to see what uh, Marvel themes your wedding has in it. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, let's talk about this movie. Let's start uh, episode two of our Eminence Front era. Yeah, there's so much in this one. There's so much. All right. Uh, so I'm trying. Any other prerequisites leading it? You watched Evil Dead. I watched The Quick and the Dead. Um, I wanted this to be a Sam Raimi movie, and it definitely delivered in that regard. Should we just start with immediate plot points? Yeah, I think we have to. Because if, okay. if not, I'm going to skip around so much. Yeah, so I have also seen this movie twice at this point. Um, loved it both times. The first I watched with staff. Second time I watched with my friends Nick and Kaylee, who are Marvel nerds. Nick is more of a DC guy. But again, with the Illuminati, he freaked out. He did the same, the similar yeah. point kind of thing at the screen, which was so satisfying to see. Um, going into this movie, there was so much... Again, and I think this is just the nerdy fandom, the same people who are, like, consp- uh, conspiracy theorizing WandaVision every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, an episode happened, you see Quicksilver from X-Men, like, oh, shit, like, that's that's crazy, that's a big deal, like, why is he there? Um, that whole business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were basically, like, there was rumor that Tom Cruise Iron Man, did I tell you that at some point? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, a whole bunch, and Deadpool, and all these characters were supposed to be in it, and I think fans, again, the reason they didn't like this was because they set the bar way too high for all of the things that they said would be in this movie, and then it's just a circle jerk of like, oh, you think that too because you heard it from a guy I told the other day? Like, it must be true. Now, the expectation, that's the problem with marketing, is you've got to get people the right amount of excited because oh, you, you don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. I almost wish, and I don't know how you market this movie, because they, at the Super Bowl trailer, like the first trailer of this movie, they tease the Illuminati and they don't show Professor X, but you hear his voice. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, would I have enjoyed this more? All I knew going in from trailers is you see Captain Carter's shield, so I knew she was in it. I heard rumors about Krasinski, Mr. Fantastic, but I had heard rumors about Tom Cruise Iron Man and Deadpool and all these other people, so I wasn't sure about that. So the only one I remembered was 
and I didn't remember this last night, but I remember you saying it now is the Tom Cruise one. I had no idea about any of the other cameos. Now that you mentioned that Professor X's voice was in that, I do think we also maybe talked about that at some point. But yes. when I started this movie, I mean, I just finished a three-hour exam, and then I drove, <laughs> I picked up Ellie, and we went directly to the theater. So I was pretty burnt out, which yeah. maybe contributed to how much I love this movie. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, I, so I had no no idea about any of these things. I went in yeah. with zero expectations, which I think is the best way to go into any movie if you can swing it. And I managed to do that a lot. Like we talked about yes. everything everywhere all at once. I had no idea what that movie was yep. going to be about in the slightest. And that made yeah. it incredible. I wish I could do that. I wish I had the the power, the willpower, but also just like if you don't, look up these things immediately or watch the movies. God, like I could not imagine watching this movie, not watching this movie two days before it came out. Like the amount of spoilers, kids just walk out of the theater and just start talking yeah. nonchalantly <laughs> as if everyone in the world has seen this movie. And like our bartenders and stuff, like they are just held, they can't move. They are stuck in that spot and they are subjected to hundreds of people leaving yeah. and walking right by them. Uh, so, I Yeah, so... This is also a very spoilable movie. Um, obviously, I assume everyone has seen it if you're listening to this uh, super fanatic podcast. Um, another thing about this movie, like, he got, Raimi got creative control. And you see that pretty much immediately, tying back to the intro of the movie. It starts with uh, Defender Doctor Strange running through the multiverse with America Chavez, looking mm-hmm. for the Book of Ashanti. Uh, and he betrays her, and Doctor Strange, uh, she gets away and, and ends up in our Doctor Strange 616 uh, universe. And uh, that the first fight is with that uh, tentacled eyeball thing. And as soon as you see like the lamppost impale in its eye and pull it out of the eye socket, yes. I was kind of like, oh, this is a Sam Raimi movie. This is going to be okay. So I was talking to Seth about this, and I was, I was saying that I expected... When the lamppost was going towards his eye, like you know, it's going to hit his eye, because yeah. that's—I mean, it's, it's the, it, if you've ever played a gravity. video game, that's what you—that's you gravity. Yeah. Uh, but I expected it to kind of like cut away and then cut back, and you see like the eyelid closed around the lamppost or something like that, you know? Okay. Like, yeah. like so obviously that's where it hits, but I did not expect it to go in and you see it pull out the eyeball. Like that yeah. is not Marvel. That is something that would have happened in um, the Suicide Squad. Yeah, and he got, like, complete creative control, and I'm happy, and then, yeah, I just don't understand how people, I mean, I guess there were complaints about Black Widow when it came out, but I don't remember them, and maybe that's just recency bias, but, like, Ant-Man, like, it seems like there's less complaints about those movies. This excelled where those did the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Um, And he got creative control like james gunn with guardians like he totally gets creative control it feels this feels like and this was one of the staff's reviews uh credit where credit is due this was like if edgar wright got to direct ant-man 2 after peyton reed directed ant-man 1 this is the weird direction dr strange should go in for a second outing no yeah definitely Um, um, oh, and I, I just thought of a good way to start this. Okay. Because you just said credit where credit's due, and this is Ellie's yes. idea. Uh, okay. But when, after the movie, mm-hmm. she was like, you know what this reminded me of a lot? Is the last episode of the first season of Frasier, 
where Niles and Frazier just talking about, so Frazier, are you happy? (laughs) Oh, wow. That's true. My dinner with Niles. Yeah. That whole episode is just them talking about like, so you've done all these things. Are you happy? Oh my God. Wow. I like this movie more now. That's (laughs) insane. I did not draw that parallel. I know. And Ellie even hasn't seen that much Frasier. (laughs) I think I showed her that as like one of the first episodes... Because she didn't want to watch it all the way through. So I was kind of showing her like highlights. Okay. And so that was one of the ones that I showed her. But uh, Well, obviously you show her the, my number three, and I'm sure we've talked about this. And But Patrick Stewart's in my third yes. favorite. Uh, so that's that's number three. Number two is the Ski Lodge. Yeah, we definitely watched mid- that one. That one's amazing. Yeah, that one's great. And my number one with a bullet, which I think you don't agree that this is the best one, but I think you enjoy it, is season four, episode one, where Daphne's... Uh, ex-fiance comes to town and they all pretend to be different people and that they just keep digging themselves yeah. deeper in the lie. I mean, and all the best Frasier episodes are like that. It's like one thing yes. spirals into just... <laughs> you have all these little subplots where everyone has a different uh, understanding of what's happening and all of yes. their lines are perfect double entendres to serve multiple different perspectives at once. Correct. Oh. That is Frasier in a nutshell. Um, truly a masterwork <laughs> i god i'm kind of so and i'll start with my rating i haven't done that yet. yes um this is and i need to figure out how to translate again oh wait do we have we have the, the sheet don't we yes we have the sheet that will tell me great let me uh pull that up real quick i pulled that up um, too because I, I was trying to figure out what my rating will be at the end of this episode so this is for me number 15 out of 33 okay currently um and now that you made fraser i'm kind of like should i i love that comparison so it's right uh it's right behind iron man 3 and it's before doctor strange 1 which is my 16 i think doctor strange 1 is severely underappreciated in the overall marvel canon um and then like above that is far from home and loki and iron man and i was just like those are all really, really good. But after watching it a second time, and I obviously all end up rewatching Iron Man three and kind of seeing what how I feel there. But like, is this better than Iron Man three and Spider Man Far From Home? I'm, I'm, who's to say? <laughs> uh, so this pulling up my ratings here. Um, this is, we need to reorganize this because there are four sheets. I know. On the same. <laughs> okay. I think I think I found it. All right. So uh, we have Hawkeye, Spider Man, No Way Home. Perfect. This is the most recent one. Uh, so Doctor Strange one is I gave a five. Yes. So this is going to be better than that. And then uh, Iron Man three I gave. Uh, a five as well. Ooh, confusing. Okay, so I guess this also needs to be a five. Just to, for the sake of balancing it out. And then, you know, we'll do ranks giving uh, in a few months and uh, we will right. reorganize everything. <laughs> um, I'll go with five out of five Avengers. I think this might bump up to a 5.25 in the near future. I really loved this immediately and I want to watch it again. I'm going to watch it in 3D, hopefully, because we have that option at the theater as well. Um, if I can find the time to watch a movie for a third time before I watch other stuff. If anyone could, uh, it's you. That's true. That is my superpower. Um, 
So five out of five Avengers. I'm gonna put America Chavez. Uh, you do you, girl. Way to way to beat the trolls and be badass. Uh, Wong also great. Wanda Maximoff. Holy shit! What a scene stealer in every fucking scene. I this is one of the complaints I heard is some people were like they should have called this a Wanda or a Scarlet Witch movie or something like that. I'm like yeah, what? which is also dumb. Yeah, <laughs> she's so good. Yeah, and also like uh, it doesn't. It's still go, like sh- the you normally name movies after the uh, protagonist, not the antagonist. But yeah, even then, like which, you couldn't say that she had a bigger role than Doctor Strange. If anything, they I had was equal very, roles. I was very pleased they kept that hidden. It looks yeah. like they are going to team up in the multiverse, and she immediately is like, "Nope." Yeah, I was, I was, <laughs> I think doing it. And there's another complaint I saw: some people saying they did it too early. But I, I thought that was oh, great because that just like that was so good. It, it made so it you kind of off balance really early on in the movie. It's like, oh, well, this is already really not going in the direction that I thought it was going to. Yes. So, all right, let's just run through the beats. Oh, sorry. And my other two adventures are uh, Doctor Strange, obviously. And then um, I guess I will go with the goat, uh, Professor X, because he's, I guess, you know, he's an Illuminati guy. Um, yeah, which I guess that's where the Illuminati comes from in our reality, is people having dreams of that reality. Because uh, they said in this movie that dreams are looking into your alternate universes. Yeah, but do you think, are you saying that when we get an Illuminati in 616, it's going to be based off of that? Uh, I guess that's true. They're, they're implying that it maybe also exists here. I don't know. I was just thinking like... The the first time we've seen the Illuminati in the MCU is in this other universe. So maybe that's yeah. how the idea well, from it comes into our universe. Because we don't have a Fantastic Four yet. Like, there's a lot of people that I assume will show up in our universe. Right. Or maybe not. Maybe we won't have them, and then they'll just jump ship and hop into our universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, all right, let's, let's, let's go beat by beat. Uh, he returns to Christine Palmer's wedding, uh, the one that got away. Yep. Uh, great sequence. They bring back the doctor, um, and he's talking on the pew. They have, I love, uh, he's so funny. He's, uh, he's also, he's the main guy in a serious right, man. Yeah. And yeah. And the father in call me by your name. Um, but he's just like, uh, oh, so you, you know, saved the universe. Did you have to kill all of us? He's like, yeah, you know, I, I did. I was also dust. And he's like, well, my cats died, and then uh, I also lost my brother. Like that, <laughs> I, that killed me. Yeah, um, he was great. And then the movie starts with. Uh, do they start the "Are you happy?" trope then? Uh, well, uh, then she. It, it's the first one that asks him is you know his ex girlfriend. Yes. So so yeah, exactly. So he goes to the bar, talks to Christine Palmer. He refills her glass with the magic red wine, which is pretty dope. Mm-hmm. What a flex. <laughs> Um, and then she is the one who brings up like, are you happy? Right. And then she's like, you were the one who's holding the knife. And I was, and that's kind of sets the tone for what this movie was going to be. And I, yeah, for his character arc, that that is the kind of question is other than, are you happy? Is like, do you always have to be in control? Yes. Which, you know, I think they did really well with this, the whole, the way everything is delivered. Um, Then America Chavez shows up, the tentacle monster with the eyeball, uh, which we already mentioned. Um, oh, he did the really cool suit change, like where he jumps out the window, pulls on the, the cloak, and then mm-hmm. uh, does like the snap into his costume, which was really awesome. <clears throat> Loved that. Uh, <clears throat> they 
eat uh, with America Chavez and ask what's what's her deal. Oh, there's also that really great shot after they killed the tentacle monster. Uh, he pulls her off, like he opens the portal and he pulls her off the roof mm-hmm. onto, onto the street, street and it like pans over. That was so good. <clears throat> Immediately, like I was just so sold by this movie. Like it felt like Raimi totally unhinged. Um, and just the camera work. He's so good with camera stuff. Uh, anyway, uh, they talk, uh, they bring up Spider-Man who they do not remember Peter Parker, obviously because of the events of No Way Home. Right. Um, and I was laughing out loud at that conversation with the whole, uh, that also felt like Frasier. Uh, the, does he shoot webs out of his butt? I don't know. Honestly, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> and the, uh, the three people ask him three questions and he responds to them all back to back immediately. Right. No, not really. Yes. <clears throat> um, that very Frasier. The more I talk about this movie, the more I might want to boost the rating, but, uh, let's, let's, uh, keep talking, I guess. Um, so he goes to... Wanda Maximoff, who right. we last saw in WandaVision, was trying to communicate with her kids, um, which set it up perfectly. Kind of at the end of WandaVision, I was wondering, like, how are they going to explain they're alive? And then, obviously, the multiverse. Mm-hmm. That great way to explain Yeah, it. and I thought the this scene, or the shot of her cutting from her dream where she has them, and then it's just the silence in her bedroom as she wakes up. Yes. Is a good way to show like how this is kind of festered in her mind. I I think there were also a handful of people who didn't watch WandaVision going into this and you just like Yeah, I can't imagine. How, why? Why did you do that to you? watch WandaVision? It's easily the best show. Yeah. That's number 1 and number 2, why wouldn't you watch it? Like it it's you've watched all these other movies going into these. It's, it's homework. Now you have homework to do for all of these movies. Well, and it's, this is another thing. I'm going to keep mentioning these stupid reviews that I read, but some people were like, <laughs> I saw someone who said, this is the worst thing since WandaVision. I'm like, if you didn't like WandaVision, <laughs> then I don't, I don't know. Like we just have different eyeballs and brains. <laughs> these That's, are incompatible. Oh, and we're getting to the phase where there's, I mean, this started out as a Marvel podcast, where you did not like Marvel and I loved everything. But now there's so much content that I need to prioritize some Marvel over other Marvel. And I'm becoming the very thing I was sworn to, to prevent. <laughs> because, like, if anyone comes in like, you know, Ant-Man, better. I'm like, absolutely fucking not. Yeah. Uh, God, WandaVision's so good. Uh, anyway, Wanda... They set it up in the trailer like he goes to get help, but immediately she is the Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. which I like. The, I like that reveal. That was great, and she has like all the the trees are dying around her. Um, she is in control of her own reality, kind of deal. I loved um, her costume. Oh yeah, like when well, it which, revealed her, yeah, her Scarlet Witch. Yes, which we garb. see that costume in WandaVision. So yeah, it, I don't know. I thought had, it looked a little, like kind of refined or something, but I guess it was the same. I don't remember it exactly. I'm in pretty WandaVision. sure it's the same. But I maybe she just looked more differences. evil in it this time. Like her face was a little bit more dead, which made her look. Uh, I don't know, like a little bit more like a. Uh, who's that Disney villain? Uh, which one? There are many. Well, like there's that that like attractive like lady with the pointy hat. Oh, <laughs> uh, malignant, maleficent. Yeah, something uh, like that. Like she just kind of looked yeah. like that. Like she looked so austere, okay. and it was I don't know. She looked very uh, like an evil queen lady. I don't know. It was very good. She, yeah, <laughs> she she is so good in this movie. Like holy shit! I I gotta see more of her in the universe, which I'm pretty sure we will. But uh, anyway, 
Um, she threatens to destroy Carmitage, where they have taken America Chavez, um, and they, Doctor Strange goes back uh, to warn Carmitage about, uh, you know, the defenses and everything, and they basically have an all-out fight with the entire city of sorcerers, mm-hmm. um, and I loved that sequence, too, because you're kind of thinking, like, surely all these sorcerers can deal with this. Well, and... Like, in Magic City. Yeah. So one thing about this is I got the impression after the initial like onslaught or whatever, it's I thought she'd like killed everybody. And then, because it was okay. just like the three of them inside. And then you get that great sequence that we'll talk about in a second. Um, yeah. But then later you come back, it's like, okay, no, a lot of people survived. I assumed it's kind of like um, the Asgardian ship when Thanos blows it up. Yeah. Like there are a lot of off camera deaths. I'm using air quotes. Which means half of them are alive. Yeah, so uh, that's kind of do... just like a Marvel mainstay. Is like he they killed everyone, but actually no. But actually, <laughs> there are. I mean, they showed them killing a lot, but obviously, you know, you can't show everyone dying. There are a lot of people there, and there's not a lot of camera. Time. But in that so early you... sequence, I was like, wow, is, is this just like? Are they going to be rebuilding this over the next couple movies or whatever? And it's like, no, even at the end, they already have like a full slate of people. So, ca- ca- whatever it's called, isn't going Commentage. anywhere. Sure, obviously. Uh, so, also, I got to hear your stance. Is Wanda a villain? Absolutely, I think. Yeah. I, I had, there were a couple Wanda stands who were like, you know, she's just doing it for her kids. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. She's like, you can make that argument maybe in WandaVision, like that she's kind of the good guy because there's a more evil person and all she did was enslave a town, like mind control a town. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think with, the best you could say is kind of like maybe you understand where the yeah. pain is coming from that is causing her to do these things, but that doesn't sure. make any of the actions. Like the actions are so far beyond what the... Yeah, is, she is... And I love that acknowledgement, too, when he's talking, like, we can get you back on the lunchbox. Yeah. Like, and also, the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, finally, fucking Iron Man was right in Civil War, and we get some acknowledgement of it. This is what happens when you let Captain America make the rules. <laughs> All these people roam free in enslaved towns. Uh, but um, yeah, so then the following sequence is... <laughs> Uh, she walks into like the inner part of the town and she steps on this weird Doctor Strange LSD she trap. Goes, she goes into the mirror dimension. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what that is, which is heavily featured in Spider-Man and Doctor Strange 1. Right. Uh, and that, that, vi- that visually was math. incredible. Yeah. And then the reflection she, scene that followed oh, that, that so cool. is, it was just, it reminds it feels- me of... Um, the scene in uh, Spider-Man 2 where they're operating on Doc Ock and they're trying to cut his his metal hands off and then they come alive yes. and it's just a straight up yes. horror scene in the middle of a superhero movie. There's exactly. several instances where that happens in this movie where it's like we go from it, it was a superhero movie. But now in this scene, we're just it's straight horror and she's being terrifying. Um, yes. And I, I think this is the first time that that really happens. This is, yeah, for sure, but it is sprinkled throughout, and I was very impressed, because, you know, they marketed it as the MCU's first horror movie, and I was like, well, it's getting the May slot, I don't know if they're gonna, you know, and also it's a Marvel movie. Yeah. Uh, they they delivered. Yeah. They really delivered with what I wanted it to do. Uh, 
yes, the mirror sequence, she's like reaching through the puddles and everything. And then I guess she gets America Chavez and, oh, she, uh, like throws Wong and there's that really, um, brutal hit. I don't know why it looked like the way they filmed it with his head falling on the stair. It looked like he broke his neck. Yeah. Now he, he nearly uh, dies a lot of times in this. Yes. That was, that was a cool shot, the way it looked more... Because I know these people are getting tossed around and beaten to a pulp, like, constantly. But for whatever reason, the way that was filmed looked way more visceral. Right. Um, and he really, all he did was bump his noggin. Uh, so she tries to steal his power, and then Doctor Strange, I believe, after he is, uh, at, like, down and out, uh, pushes her through her star portal thing, and they cross into the multiverse... Where you see the several parallel universes, uh, which was a very cool sequence. That very much reminded me of Doctor Strange 1 when the Ancient One sends him through, you know, yeah. the cosmic. Yeah, uh, I, I wish there had been quest. another one of those. Yeah. Because they do, they do wonder, that once. And I would love to have seen a different version of it, like at least one more time. But Yeah, I really thought that was going to be this movie going into it. It was going to be more multiverse Less madness, but it was really the other way around. Yeah. Uh, which is fine. Like, I, I think they did a great job with it. Uh, but I, I also wonder, like, how much does it cost, that sequence alone? Right. Like, the CGI and everything. Like, that's got to be one of your more expensive moments. No, I definitely think that's looked, why they limited it. <laughs> like, Paint World also. Like, holy shit. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was an excellent sequence. I could yes. watch like a looping gif of that, um, I don't know, for like five minutes. <laughs> it was so good. Um, so they end up in Earth 868, I think, or another another Earth um, where there are red lights mean, go on red, which is a fun trope brought up. Yeah. I like that. Um, Bruce Campbell is the pizza papa, which is really great, and he... You know he's going to have a cameo, but will his cameo deliver? And boy, did it. Yeah. Um, that was very entertaining. I also like her joke. Uh, um, food is free in most universes. And then she's like, oh, wait, maybe you do have to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> that was very much like a, a young scamp kind of like a young adventure, like a very Kate Bishop thing. Yeah, thought yeah, process. yeah. Um, they're going to have great chemistry one day. Uh, also, the, the way... The flashback sequences, like through the, they step on the memory pad, and they're just like it. It gives her backstory without like awkwardly shoving it into the plot or forcing it down your throat. I think that is the best way to explain her backstory. Yeah. Also, without forcing, um, I don't know. Like, it, I don't know if it would have been in character for her just to disclose it willingly. So it lets a kind of outside force make that decision for her. Yes. Exactly. Um, and Doctor Strange, you get to see him eat uh, dinner on like a first date or one of an early date with his uh, the one that got away, right? Which was really cool to see. Um, also, he gave her the watch, or she gave him the watch, which I guess in the first movie I remember her giving it to him then, but I guess she just got it engraved because one of the reasons I love the first movie so much. Uh, is it's a movie about time and there's a time stone and the the whole quote that draws their relationship together is time will tell how much I love you, mm. um, which is on the watch. Um, so uh, they end up looking for the other other Doctor Strange um, 
I guess we also didn't mention that Defender Doctor Strange from the first multiverse is dead and he buries him in a patio on a on the building. Yes. In Earth 616 before they leave. That'll come up later. Uh, and they go to the Sanctum Sanctorum and uh, meet Mordo, who is just as much of a dick in this universe. And he acts all friendly like he does. Such a, you know, fake friend. Um the other thing that they're trying to touch on, which Doctor Strange has showed up so many times since his first movie without having like a follow-up movie, maybe the most times of anyone uh, like who has been introduced with an origin before a sequel. It does seem that way. He because he's um, popped up in I don't know, like uh, Thor, uh, Spider-Man, Ragnarok, Ob- both Avengers. Avengers yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's popped up four times before this movie, and. At the end of Doctor Strange 1, they tease Mordo as, like, his arch nemesis, and he's, like, trying to get all the sorcerers, or, you know, kill off all of these magic people. Uh, And he's not in any of these other movies, so they do not flesh out that plot point at all. Instead, Doctor Strange is like, he has sworn to kill me. And you kind of get that in the first movie, but maybe I would have liked i obviously there's a lot of moving parts you can't really force that into any of these other properties right before he's a doctor strange character you can't really put him in ant-man and the wasp no although that might make ant-man and the wasp a little better yeah (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um i am shitting on those movies a lot i do enjoy them uh but you know not as good as this uh, so Mordo poisons them. And meanwhile, this is all cutting back and forth. Uh, Wanda is torturing Wong and the, the victims of Kamertage to get what she wants and Dreamwalk. Oh, also those Dreamwalk, she's about to do it. So I guess this is fine to bring it up now. The sequences of just like the camera, like fading in and out of like all the faces and the dope music playing in the background, like the guitar, like the Trent Reznor. Yeah guitar sequences danny elfman holy shit he killed it yeah and i didn't know it was him until the credits like the credits and then danny elfman did the soundtrack i was like okay that makes sense it was really good (laughs) i knew going in but he also i think he did age of ultron which he really phoned in yeah if that is the case well and uh, when i was looking up some stuff about the movie afterwards i saw that he had direct or he'd done the music for age of ultron and okay yeah uh this is definitely a better score yes which has a, I think the moment it peaks is later on, but I'll wait to get to it when we get to it. Okay, exciting. Uh, so I love the whole her dream walking sequence, and they just God, they do that so well. Like when the dream walking first breaks, because uh, Wong breaks out of his uh, stupor and uh, try, b- destroys the book, and um, she immediately like she is dream walking in her other self. Um, and she's talking to her kids and it does the thing where it cuts back and forth between like her sitting up and her kids are there. And then they fade, like they keep cutting back and forth between the, the universes basically. And it splices in like how she, like her with her kids, her without her kids. And I thought that looked so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, then she makes Wong take her to the place where, or the throne of the Scarlet Witch, apparently where all of the, 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 well, wait, wait one the, second. I just wanted to note, the there, it, one of the things, of the few flaws in this movie, I do think it's funny that that random character that they introduce and then sacrifices herself 
to destroy that book. Oh, yeah. That's a little bit just okay. like a kind of a movie contrivance, which I only want to mention because yeah. I feel like I, people probably complain about that. And I think they're probably not wrong there. It's just like, well, we have to have this sure. random character do it because we can't have Wong do it. It's um, also strange to just make, I mean, and I guess it, to me, it felt a little bit like the Avengers sequences where it's like girls get the job done. Mm. you know in both movies like of infinity war and endgame and i was just like i've never met this character um and you know it, yeah like it seemed a little bit forced that it wasn't someone i guess if you're killing him off you, you don't want it to be one of your mainstays like wong and her death ended um, up being cool like that visual effect for it yeah was, it did was it interesting did cool. so, so I, like i i didn't throw me from the movie or anything but i was like okay well that was interesting <laughs> yeah i didn't I didn't really get attached or anything, but also like if you notice in the credits, she her face is like in the credits, in like the the big credits, the main. I wonder if credits. she had more of a role that got cut down because they did say that this movie was cut that, down quite a bit. That I totally believe because she definitely seems like they were trying to give her a bit more. Yeah, I could see the and executives I, being like, "We just don't really care about her. Let's get rid of her." But you still have to have her for these moments, like the one moment with the cam- yes. cannon earlier on and the second moment where she sacrifices herself. Yeah, almost immediately. But yeah, her her whole arc seemed very shoehorned into this movie, yeah. which, you know, it ended it's fine. It's it's not that big a deal. It's not going to prevent me from enjoying it. Um and uh so we are at the point where Wanda is goes to get the dark hold from the throne area. Um, and Dr. Strange has been poisoned by Baron Mordo. Obviously you shouldn't have trusted him. Uh, and they wake up in those research tanks, him and America Chavez. And who's and there, but Christine, Christine Palmer, a variant of her anyway. And, Oh, also a uh, slight sidebar. Fun fact. Kevin Feige confirmed that the actions at the end of Loki where, you know, they kill Kang, or the one who remains, mm-hmm. and the multiverse goes into chaos, spawns the events of Spider-Man No Way Home and this movie. So basically, when the one who remains isn't looking over everything, the multiverse is allowed to run rampant. Otherwise, the variants would have been clipped by the TVA at right. that point. Uh, which is cool. I'm glad that they're utilizing the TV shows like that. Um, so... This, they go, they end up in, I guess he meets the Illuminati at this point, because Christine Palmer, oh, well, first, Christine Palmer mentions the Baxter Foundation, which is a nod to Fantastic Four, and everyone is losing their minds in my theater, which was really cool. Yeah, I totally didn't Um, get it at that point. I didn't get it till I saw John Krasinski (laughs) with a four on his chest. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it it took for you. Yeah. Needed the four. Um... So he introduces him to the Illuminati and they do a good job of cutting back and forth between the Wanda side plot and this side plot. Cause the whole time I'm like, who are the Illuminati? I gotta know, man. It was like tweaking out. Like I really <laughs> fucking needed this. And they kept cutting away yeah. from it. Like you, you, the Illuminati will see you now. Other scene like fuck. Uh, so he ends up meeting the Illuminati who are comprised of, uh, well, Baron Mordeaux for some reason is part of them. But I guess that's because Doctor Strange, the other Doctor Strange, introduced them. Um, you get Agent Carter, who is Captain America in this universe, just like the What If episode. Which did you watch that episode? Mm-hmm. Was that the only? Yeah, one that's you the watched? only one I watched. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, so she... Uh, that's really the only one you needed to for this movie, I yeah. guess. There was, like, evil Doctor Strange who comes up later. There's an episode about him, so, which might be the best What if. Is that voice guy... Um, is he an established character, I guess? Oh, Black Bolt. Yes. Yes, he was on the failed Inhumans TV show that was a spinoff of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. And they originally were going to make it a movie... I don't know why they turned it into a TV show. It was They were going to make an Inhumans movie that came out in place of Eternals. Hmm. And they started planning that like in 2014. Wow. So long ago. And then at some point, uh, Ramsey Bolton is a character in the Inhumans TV show. But it's a network TV show. It's not good. I believe uh, it. They really dropped, they dropped the ball with Inhumans very hard, which is upsetting. Uh, so when Black Bolt showed up, Everyone lost their goddamn minds. Like, there were a lot of oh shit moments, which I really enjoyed. Um, and then you get Monica Rambo. I'm pretty sure that's her, mm-hmm. right? That's Lieutenant Trouble. Uh, Monica Rambo, Captain Marvel. And you get uh, John Krasinski, Mr. Mr. Fantastic, mm-hmm. and Professor X, obviously. So the six members of the Illuminati, because their Doctor Strange is dead. And our Doctor Strange, the whole time, is saying, let's. Hey, let me out of these things. We got a big threat coming. And they're like, please, we can handle your Wanda. And I'm like, oh, you dumb bitches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you're, really you're, can't. <laughs> this is going to end so poorly for you. Um, and I also love, I la- this is like the quip that I remember laughing out loud the most of at a Marvel movie in recent, like since Robert Downey Jr. had a line. When uh, they're like, when he says something arrogant and they say, he is just like our Doctor Strange. And uh, Doctor Strange says, no, I'm more alive than him. <laughs> I lost it. That was so good. Yeah, I, I thought this sequence, like it's a little exposition-y because they have to go back and explain what yes. happened to theirs. But I thought it, it, they did a pretty good job with it. Like they didn't linger on it or something, but still let you get the emotional resonance. And it tied back to like the themes of his character being like not being able to yeah. relinquish control. And in this universe, yep. there was one that, that sure. went so far in that end that he had to be killed. Exactly. And you also need to establish Black Bolt's power because the main yes. MCU people don't know what he is or what he no, does. No, I have but no idea. Comics, and the fact that he's able to erase <laughs> a Doctor Strange with a single, or two words, I guess. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you need to establish what he can do, and I think they did that in the best possible way. Because it's not a power like you can just like casually use. Right. Like, it's all or nothing. Yes. And uh, so that whole sequence was very well done. I definitely agree. Um, and then I guess we're at the point where Wanda shows up. The Illum- That happens pretty quickly. And she destroys all of... Again, I thought it was Tom Cruise, Iron Legion, but it's like Ultron robots. That was also a satisfying sequence when Ultron, who, you know, caused her whole life to go into a state of disarray, like... There was the Ultron robot head on the ground, and it was saying, like, Ultron unit uh, destroy or whatever, and she just picks up the head and absolutely smashes it. Yeah. Uh, that was great. That was very cathartic. Um, she shows up, and then Mordo stays behind with Doctor Strange. Patrick Stewart uh, stays behind as well, I think. And then the rest of the Illuminati go try to fight Wanda. And immediately, my thought process is Black Bolt, you've got a good shot. 
Mr. Fantastic, you are so fucked. You have stretchy powers. Yeah. You are the utmost doomed. <laughs> like, you can do nothing against this person. Uh, and also Agent Carter, who seemed the most cocky of all of them, which frustrated the hell out of me. Yeah. Because she just had a shield. She was also going to get absolutely owned by Scarlet Yeah, Lynch. those two had no chance. Um, no chance. And then Captain Marvel, obviously, you know, very powerful. Like, you got an outside shot. Um, but what set the tone for this entire battle, which is one of the coolest things to happen in an MCU movie, yeah. is... Black, they're like, Black Bolt can destroy you with two words from his mouth. And she's like, what mouth? And his, she sews his mouth shut, which is like a horrifying sequence. And then his fucking head explodes because he talks and it like... And the way they it, did it, it the way they itself. did it without having it be like bloody and gory in any way, but still yeah. incredibly visually unsettling. Like just his, yeah, the back of his head the, turning to mush. It was like... Like, that's one of the more, like, I think that a 12-year-old seeing that, falling yes. asleep that night, was thinking about this guy's mushy head and how gross and, like, unsettling it oh was. Oh, my God. And, like, I mean, if he didn't have that costume, he would kind of be fucked. So, yeah. I mean, they couldn't have done that without the, the little head. head yeah. Gear. But, oh, boy, does that set the tone with, and everyone, all of the staff shouted, like, oh, shit, yeah. like, as soon as that happened. And then you immediately go satisfying. to turning into uh, Mr. Fantastic into spaghetti. <laughs> and I was just like, uh, like, as soon as he showed up, and what was he going to do? Like, he obviously, he's the smartest person, so he's going to try and talk her down. Yeah. Oh, and that line, the line where she's like... Uh, is, your, is their mother still alive? Good. Then someone will be there to raise them when you're dead. <laughs> yeah. That so savage. Um, so yeah, he gets turned into spaghetti man because he has stretch powers. Why the fuck did you think you could take Scarlet Witch? Yeah. You're dumb. And then Captain Carter. so dumb. Captain Carter actually manages to stay alive for a little bit. I know, but like that, I don't understand that. Like, yeah, I guess she was just Wanda had ex expunged some power, like dealing with the other two. But to me, Captain Carter also should have been an easy kill. And I guess, you know, Captain Marvel at that point had also jumped. Right. In I think that's the only the reason is one. that she was a little bit distracted by Captain Marvel. Otherwise, I yes. think she would have been annihilated immediately. Yeah. Which her death also very, sa very satisfying being cut in half by her own shield and Again, it's hard to show that in PG-13. I wonder how much he wanted to show and how much they let him show. Right. Uh, but I think... I, you obviously know she got cut in half. Like, it worked. Yeah. Um, and then Captain Marvel and her duke it out, and it's actually more or less a fair fight. Um, but uh, in the end, you know, it's Scarlet Witch. You're going to have a bad The only thing about this, I would say, is I'm surprised that a giant heavy thing falling on Captain Marvel would kill her. <laughs> Like, even, yeah. even after being knocked down, like, I feel like she just has the, in, like, because she could, like, blast through a spaceship and her body isn't hurt. So why would... She had some weird, because Wanda, like, looked like she was losing. And then, did she, like, go in her head or something? I'm trying well, to remember Well, she started, like, happened. melting her armor off her or something. Like, her armor started coming away. Um, okay. But, like, again, like, I don't think the armor is what protects Captain Marvel. But whatever. I mean, like, obviously Wanda's <laughs> going to win this fight. And I, I, yeah. I think three of the four kills were really good. The last one, I was little. But I don't know how you do it better in a way that isn't too graphic. Like, like does Wanda need uh, yes. to, like, melt her eyeballs or something? <laughs> well, I was in the under the impression, because she... I didn't know that she could steal, or these people could steal each other's powers. That's new to this movie. Yeah. 
And it's very essential to the plot because she's trying to steal America Chavez's powers so she can go be. That with seems her like a, a, a very magic user only thing. Like yes. no one else. So Doctor Strange can do this, and Scarlet Witch can do this. And I assumed during that fight because they were like locked, like in battle, her and Captain Marvel. And I assume like part of that armor melting was her stealing her power because that's how she won with the final blast mm. that like knocked her into the statue. Uh, I could be wrong though; they don't really. Uh, go into extreme detail with that but it's yeah. fine um so uh she's killed by the statue and then professor x tries to go in her mind and he's in the 90s wheelchair also very cool the 97 cartoon uh x-men wheelchair which was really awesome to see um and she does the thing where he points and, like the mind waves very cartoony um which you know he does not do in any of the other x-men movies for the past 20 years mm-hmm so this is clearly a different Professor X. Uh, and he, like, enters a plane where the other Wanda is trapped under some rubble. And I don't know if you noticed, WandaVision is playing on the TV in the background in that scene. Ah, oh, I did not notice. Yep, that was a fun little uh, cameo. Uh, and he tries to pull Wanda out of the rubble, but Scarlet Witch shows up and straight up breaks the man's neck. Yeah. Which, with that was probably hands. the most... With his own... Yes, that was crazy. Um, I think that was the one that got like the most audible, like when I watched it the second time I was watching with a whole bunch of teenagers and they were, seemed like the most frightened by that. Yeah. I mean, this is basically Scarlet, Witch. there's a, there's a subreddit called who would win, um, where they, Uh they pit different superheroes and stuff against each other. And they have this term like being bloodlusted. Uh, and this Mm -hmm. is definitely a bloodlusted Scarlet Witch. Like, she's using yes. all of her powers to the absolute extent possible. Like, there's there's no mm-hmm. holding back at any point. Yeah. This is her at the um, absolute peak performance. Like, when you read a news story about, like, a mother who lifts a car to save her child, that, that's Scarlet yeah. Witch in this. <laughs> this entire movie. Yeah, she's like, all she's adrenaline just down. trying to... Oh, man. And she, yeah, she doesn't hold back. And she actually, this is probably the first movie where she, like, 100% knows how to use her powers. Which, like, she is in full control of them. Yeah. She is the most powerful she has been. Um, what else? Okay, so all of the Illuminati are completely decimated. Doctor Strange is like, I told you so. And then uh, Baron Mordo and him fight. He does that cool thing with the handcuff that... uh. He slaps it on him and prevents him from using magic. And during this scene, I was like, this fight's okay. But like after the fight we just saw, this feels like, like just such a, (laughs) like to see a fist fight or or a sword fight or whatever, just like hand to hand combat after what we just saw. It it felt like a Pirates of the Caribbean, like fighting on the water wheel kind of deal. they're, They're sorcerers, but they can't use magic in the sequence. And they're just, like, confined to this room. I thought it was cool. Yes, it is unfortunate that it was immediately following one of the coolest fights in the MCU. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know. But, you know, you have to fit it into these movies. You have to fit all the stuff, and sometimes there's not enough buffer in between action sequences. Yeah, so where do we go right um, after this? So, Scarlet Witch... Uh, I guess they, they, they find to... America, and then they, they go through another... Oh, well, it's... They go through the, um, they get America, her, Christine, America, and Doctor Strange go through, like, the the tunnels or yes. whatever, because he left yes. a, a back door to the... Which, again, this uh, is another, that, like, horror sequence, because Wanda, yeah. at this point, is, like, because, again, this isn't her body. She's, like, space traveling yeah. through another body, so she doesn't care how, like, fucked up it's getting. How banged up it gets, uh, yeah. And so and she's, like, like, bleeding. She's zombie and... walking in this, in this like... Yes 
breaking down body. Down this hallway, yeah. this super dark hallway, really great sequences. And there's like the thing where you see Doctor Strange's shadow and you just hear running and you can feel the suspense. Like, what is that? Who is that? And then it ends up being him and everything's fine. Yeah. But the way the tone of the movie works, that shot works so well as just like gearing up suspense kind of deal. Um, so uh, then they, the so they get to the book, the fancy book that's yep. going to save them. The book of Ashanti, And yes. it does not, as you would expect in a movie like this. <laughs> it, the, it was just a MacGuffin to two. keep them going for a while, but they get there. And of course, that can't be the solution. Yep. So uh, Christine and Doctor Strange are thrown by... She uses America Chavez powers, the Scarlet Witch, um, to send them into another universe where a lone evil doctor strange who studies the dark hold lives yes um and then she takes america chavez back to her throne where she is left wong who fell off a cliff earlier we forgot to yep. mention who that. is again not dead again <laughs> fallen knocked unconscious he definitely has a couple big concussions from this movie but they yes. do not kill oh, him for sure yes um and they are taken back to or they so he talks to evil Doctor Strange and basically he explains why he turned evil, what he did wrong. Yes. Um, and they have a really sick Fantasia music. Yes, fight. and this is what I was talking about earlier about Danny Elfman, like the highest point in this movie, is the yeah. score or is, is the music he puts together for this sequence. And like this fight yes. is just like it's more creative than it needed to be. Like you could have just had a, yeah. a normal wizard fight, but then they came up with this thing. And I think some people. Might have thought, like, I didn't see much talk about this, but I could see I some people feeling like this was contrived a little bit. But I just thought, like, it's a it's a superhero movie. You can do whatever you want. Why not throw in this kind of extra flavor, this, like, heightened, yeah. like, fun was, sequence? And this, this kind of thing can only exist, really, in, like, a Doctor Strange, like a magic yeah. kind of deal. And, yeah, so and I loved this Why sequence. not do that? Yeah, this was amazing. This was so cool. Uh, and yeah, the music involved was great. Also, like when he ki- he defeats his uh, other his variant, uh, and he is impaled on fence spikes yeah. at the bottom. That all, that actually probably got the biggest reaction <laughs> from the teenagers at yeah. my theater. They all like oh, like they were freaked I, out. That was that looked brutal. Yeah, I also love the shot of um, that staircase. Like it was like the shore and the yes. staircase before we went up there. I thought that was yep. really cool. Um, that that whole world was pretty interesting. Yeah. But that was in the trailer. Like we saw most of that set in the trailer. Yeah, see, I didn't so see I, that. So this is my first time. And I was okay, like, that's see? so cool. What is this? <laughs> that that would be cool. Um, um, and so then, then after that, Doctor Strange. Well, at this point, he is telling Christine, I loved you in all of the universes. Right. Uh, I'm sorry I couldn't make it work. But also uh, I'm about to do that thing that all the other Doctor Stranges did that's that <laughs> made them yes. evil. Yes, I have to do it, uh, but I'm going to confess to you that my reason is good and theirs was yeah. not. Um, so they do that. Uh, then they show up in uh, back to the, the Darkhold Fortress and or Doctor Strange is shadow walking or dream walking. Yes. This is my maybe and my he, favorite sequence in the movie where is, he takes over the corpse and he yes, fights the demons. The, think Doctor Strange. The demons. I think we're like a moment where I was like, this again is like almost losing me. Like that, that, I think that's like one of the big things in this movie is that there were so many moments. I was like, this is almost too weird for Marvel. And yet somehow I think it just, it tiptoes that line and stays in bounds. 
And yeah. and then he has this crazy demon cloak with the, and yeah. I just like I love how um it reminds me of uh, like Iron Maiden or the band Ghost. Yep. Like I thought the dead version of him looked a lot like the lead singer of Ghost. Like I don't know if you've ever <laughs> seen the makeup that that guy wears on stage. I have not. Uh, I well maybe I have. Tobias Forge. Kind of um, he wears like this weird mask over his face mm-hmm. that like moves kind of stiffly because it's a mask over his own face. And it looked a little Naturally. bit like zombie Dr. Strange's weird kind of bloated zombie face. And I just uh, thought it was very metal and cool. That's, that's my whole point it, is it, I thought like it looked like a lost album cover for, a, mean, for an eighties metal band. It feels again, it feels like a Sam Raimi movie. Like this is what the zombie, like he actually got to do a zombie Dr. Strange yeah. and like absolutely kick ass, which was really cool. Yeah. And I thought that that sequence like, cause everything else, like I've been like, yeah, this is cool. Oh, that's fun. Huh, huh, huh. And then this happened. I was like, okay, I, I love this. I love that he managed to work this into a Marvel movie because it's just so, such a wild ending it's to so... have zombie Doctor Strange being controlled by a Doctor Strange in an alternate universe. It's yeah. That, see, he's pushing the limits of what the character can do. Yeah. Because that's this is like, and you can't. This is maybe why Black Widow and Ant Man fell so flat for me. Like that's. I, they don't push anything. Like it's just a, you know, like a subpar action. Movie it it reminded of. me, um, not in, in terms of tone, but in terms of letting the director be kind of an altar. Uh, yeah. uh, the sequence, the Gold, Jeff Goldblum sequences in Ragnarok, yes. where it's just like, wow, yes. this is so Taika Waititi right now. It's like, this doesn't even feel like Marvel. Yes. It's just him doing his thing. And they just worked that into a Marvel movie. Oh, absolutely. Uh, That was like this version of this is just Sam Raimi being Sam Raimi more than it being a Marvel movie and that working. 100%. And imagine like, because Taika Waititi just recently said in an interview, Thor Love and Thunder is so weird and crazy and on paper it shouldn't have been made. Like it makes no sense. Uh, Just imagine with the success of Ragnarok and how much creative control they're giving the directors. Imagine how insane Love and Thunder is going to be. Yeah, that's exciting. So stoked. Um, so he, they defeat Wanda, or he, no, he uses zombie Doctor Strange with the whole uh, demon sequence, which was also really cool. Um, and Christine Palmer is also there, like, keeping his body alive from all the demon, the ghosts or ghouls or that are attacking him. And he tells America Chavez, instead of stealing her power, to actually use it and gives her that little confidence mm-hmm. boost, which all these legacy Avengers, they're all doing this, in this you know, good job of inspiring. And this youth. moment is a little hokey, but it works. I think again, in more of a Sam Raimi style, like that kind of earnestness yes. amidst the weirdness yep. and chaos is kind of just his style. And this is again, where I think watching like evil dead just before I watched this movie, like sure. changed how I think I would have perceived a couple of these decisions Whereas, like, yes, I think you know you could perceive it as hokey. Instead, it's like, no, this is just like his style. Like, this is how he chooses to do these kind of things. Like, this isn't this isn't a weakness. This is deliberate and intentional. Yeah, and he thrives. It's it's so, and he's been doing it for a long time. He's he's amazing. He's so good at this. I'm glad. I because originally Scott Derrickson was supposed to direct this, and I don't know how he would have handled this. Yeah, I'm not familiar like, with him, so I don't. Know. He did Doctor Strange 1, okay. and he's done other horror movies. Uh, so he did Sinister, which is... They're more like your your teen 
uh, teenage, like, go to the mm-hmm. movies to watch a horror, a modern, you know, like, jump scare kind no, of thing. Yeah, and the type of horror that I like is, you know, th- this kind of heightened, I guess it's, I don't know, maybe more slasher stuff, like, where it's... Not yeah. taking itself too but seriously. But the campiness, yes. the campiness of this is so like eighties horror. Yes, which is yeah, that's my kind is, of stuff. Yeah, it, it it's great. Um, yeah, so Zombie Doctor Strange looks great. Gives some great advice that seems you know very sincere and and basically ultimately they defeat Wanda by showing her children who she has become. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she realizes the error of her ways, and once again, much like WandaVision, Wanda Maximoff walks away with one of the greatest lines of dialogue in a movie or franchise, and her other self goes over to Scarlet Witch and says, just know they will be loved. Like that, Yeah. holy shit, what a, what a line. Um, then she brings the Darkhold down on themselves. Destroys it in every They're universe. On, she destroys it, yes, she destroys it. And you see, like, a little puff of, like, a little red bubble, which I assume means she teleported away. Mm. Um, I feel like we're going to get a lot, much like Kingpin randomly getting shot at the end of Hawkeye, just for the sake of contract negotiation. And, like, there are so many characters now. We're going to start seeing a lot of off-screen deaths with a lot of people. Like, especially villains. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I just don't know what you can do with her character at this point. Like, it seems very hard to redeem her. You almost just would have to keep her gray. Like, you could never really celebrate this character again after the events of this movie. Um, sure. She could I, have some I sort of yeah, help, I don't know. helping role or something. Like, maybe someone comes to her when she's desperate and she manages to give them a little boost that shows that she's retained some of her humanity way dark. Or they could sure. just never touch. I mean, maybe they could just leave it here and just she's a recluse or I something. I mean, White Vision is roaming around doing God knows what, at wherever. Like... They could possibly meet up and maybe, uh, you know, fix whatever issues <laughs> that she is. I just made. don't think she I can be no like a, a hero. Like, cause she can never be unambiguous uh, no. again. Yeah. Like, it, like again, just clearly yes. a hero. No, she's definitely evil for sure. She did a lot of terrible things. Um, but, you know, she did that in Age of Ultron. Obviously not to this scale, but she was a villain at the beginning of Age of Ultron. And then Hawkeye was like, if you help us fight these Ultron robots, you're a hero. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, maybe they'll give her another redemption arc. I mean, obviously, if something big comes up, like Doctor Doom is trying to destroy the multiverse, or Galactus is coming and she can help fend them off, like, maybe she'll get a, an okay... She'll, she'll you know, deem passable. Right. I think, I think she can do some heroic things. I just don't think she can be, re- yeah. like, a hero. Yeah, I don't think she ever really was because even when she was on the Avengers she was causing collateral damage that's true. and like murdering innocent people that's true but like then Which, then I feel like the audience like in the universe she was never a true hero but I think for the audience like we know what she was trying to do we know the limitations and we're, yeah. we're just like she was doing her best she just failed but in this movie she wasn't she was pushed past doing <laughs> she was her not best. doing yeah. that <laughs> she was not um and then I really like the conversation this ends on with like him asking Wong if he's Wong if he's happy and uh Wong saying you know of all the me's in my in the the multiple universes I remain content in this one so it's kind of like the opposite of a grass is greener kind of thing like why if if it works you know like be content don't always well and he specifically says like that he's grateful in this universe which I think is is like 
like to the extent there are other universes where things are going better, it's like, well, I'm not there. So what I can can be is yes. grateful for the things I have, whatever little that may be, or if it's a lot, then that's good too. But like, you know, there's there's no point in uh, lingering on what may yes. or could be when you have things for that sure. you can't appreciate currently. Yes. Um, and this movie ends in typical Sam Raimi fashion where he's gotten over Christine, he's walking the streets, everything's casual, la-di-da, and he randomly breaks down. There's a really cool Danny Elfman guitar thing yeah. happening. And the third eye busts out of his forehead and he has become basically... Uh, he used the dark hold, and yeah. now he has a little evil inside. Our of hero has not uh, gone away unscathed. Which Sam Raimi loves those fucking endings. Like to a lot of his, a lot of the movies I've seen anyway. Like Drag Me to Hell. Like just kind of a little bit of a gut punch for the hero. Yeah. Well, and I think that's important um, that your hero, yes, is is changed by the journey that they went on. A lot of times, you know, you, they like to have just like a happy ending. Everyone's whole. But no, like you can never be whole again. You went through this terrible thing and there's, you're carrying it with you forward. Yes, correct. Um, and then the post credit scene, he gets to meet Charlize Theron as Clea, who uh, like has this weird sword that slashes a hole in reality and they go explore the multiverse together, which is pretty cool. Yeah, we'll see um, what that's about. <laughs> Which I, I'm pretty sure, I mean, that just sets up, like, all future immediate uh, problems that the universe is going to have or that the 616 is going to have, uh, like Captain America fighting whoever. Oh, Doctor Strange is off-world. Like, we can't find him anywhere. Uh, Wong is just dealing with the Sanctum by himself. Um, so in the comics, Clea and Doctor Strange are lovers, and they basically just become masters of the multiverse together kind of deal. All right, so I, it's uh, time for me to review, right? Yeah, I think unless you want to talk about the Bruce Campbell cameo, the second I, that cameo. was just a lot of fun. I feel like we've talked about yeah. Bruce Campbell. Uh, <laughs> Bruce Campbell is a lot so of fun. Facts. It's interesting. So my current rankings, and this doesn't have everything yes. on it, but I don't think that anything recently. No, has no. Changed. Go to uh, go to ten. Go to ten eight rank. Well, but isn't sheet two? That that one's in order of my rankings. I have sheet one. I have ten eight rank. I have Jordan's bonerific ranking, and then I have sheet yeah. Sheet two. two has them in order though. That's why I'm looking at that one. Oh no, go to ten eight. But ten, you think this that one's different? Ten eight. Ten eight goes up to Hawkeye. I know, but none of those mo- none of those shows made it up that high. This one has Wandavision on oh. it, so I think it's still good. Oh, did we have to re-rank? Is that what this is? No, 10 8, is, 10, 8 the is the newest one, but sheet two is just my rankings from ten eight in order. I think. Without Hawkeye. Oh, this is this is just your sheet two is just for you yes. that you've selfishly commandeered a shared spreadsheet <laughs> just for your own. Anyway, <laughs> that was a little inside baseball for you listening. How we're doing this? <laughs> um, but if you look at mine, I have four movies tied for two, and then three movies tied for sixth, basically, and then one movie number okay. one, Spider-Man: Homecoming, my five point five, my highest. I think yes, I'm going to give correct. this one a. Five. It's almost a 5.25. Okay. We'll see where it ends up on a re-rank. I think I need to watch it yeah. again before I commit to that because I do think this movie does have some flaws in it that we pointed out as we went on. But I will say that the parts that I enjoyed, I really enjoyed. And it's yeah. kind of a balance like, between... like Because sometimes you just have... like I think the reason Homecoming so high is it has a lot of stuff I really enjoyed and it also just had like no problems. Like It was yeah. just such a smoothly executed movie 
And this one, this is not for quite that. sure the most fun I've had at an MCU movie. I mean, I had a lot of fun during No Way Home, so I guess that's not fair to say. But I had more fun at this than Eternals, Black Widow, and Shang-Chi combined. Yeah, and I, I would say even I had more fun at this than Spider-Man. Oh, that, that's heresy. I will not stand for this. <laughs> I, I think I think I gave that a five. So there's actually four movies tied for five. So this this spreadsheet is a little behind, but um, I think the most up to date one because what'd you give? Uh, does this not, no? This has WandaVision yes. on it. So it, this one's pretty new, ben but it's not as new because it doesn't have Spider Man. Um, it does. No Spider Man No Way Home has you're you got to go to ten eight rank. My I man. know, but that one I gave it a five, right? Okay. Well, I think I'm giving this one a 5.2, but maybe we'll be modified up to a 5.25 at some point. I think I'm confident this is going to end up being a 5.25 in the before the end of this yeah. year. But but my that's, that's my uh, my takeaway from this though is just that like the things that were good about this were really good, and the things that were bad about yep. this weren't so bad that it detracted from the things that were really good about it. So just for yeah. reference for everyone else, this is joining the ranks of like uh, WandaVision, Loki. Civil War, Guardians of the Galaxy, the first Doctor Strange, Endgame, and Infinity War. So that that's where it is. Those are the th- things that are around it in its orbit in terms mm-hmm. of my ranking. So this is like a top 10 Marvel movie for me. Even even acknowledging uh, the flaws that it has. Yes. I, I mean, I don't think there, any flaws that this has is really... The worst thing these movies can be is boring. Yes. And Eternals... For all the problems that people say it has, I it's not boring. That is not a fault it has. And as a result, I think that movie is underrated. Yeah. Whereas something like Black Widow and Ant-Man, and I rewatch these once a year. So watching Ant-Man and the Wasp for like the eight to- eighth time was just like, oh man. See this? Like, what, what am, what am I going to get from this watch through that I haven't already yeah, This gotten? is a little bit how I feel about Moon Knight so far, which maybe it'll grow into something. I don't know. But so far, like, I just feel a little bit bored by it. There's definitely some cool stuff in yeah. Moon Knight. But um, we'll see, and we'll talk about that uh, later, and maybe we'll get these spreadsheets in order, the funnest part of the <laughs> podcast. Well, definitely in time for Ranksgiving yeah. this year. But, uh, yep, that is my ranking. Avengers at the table, so I need five of them. I'll do Doctor Strange, yes. America, uh, Wanda. I'm just going for the easy ones this time. Uh <laughs> Wong and the person that was seemingly cut out of the movie but died very heroically, whose name I don't know. <laughs> that we don't even yeah. get a name for. <laughs> well, you know, Kesara. Yeah. Um, well, that's been our ep. Thanks for tuning in. We will hit you with Moon Knight in the near yep. future. All right. Well, I've been Jordan Peoples, and Marvel has sucked. I have been Cade Weiberg, and no, it doesn't.